Could not be more pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen podcast, Matt Damon. Are you one of those Patriot fans that takes Lee in the Jets and the butt fumbling? I made the Liberace movie this year, so that's fine. (laughs) There's some butt fumbling in that movie, Just a wee little bit. (laughs) Larry David, good to see you, sir. I think a lot of writers can be offensive coordinators. What's harder? If I could write stories, why would I be able to draw up a play? He is none other than Broadway, Joe Namath. If Mark word to get the nod and if he played decently if uh if what a big word for only two letters huh <laughs> <laughs> bobby Cannavale. i told you my Derek jeter story at yankees atlanta for the world series screaming 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 nothing 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 he doesn't even look at me finally last that bat eighth <laughs> inning yeah. jeter comes up Derek, just turn around <laughs> man just turn around <laughs> Finally, he like dumb. He does the thing with the weight. He's about to go up. He turns around. He looks at me. He goes, "Bro, I hear you." <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, it's time for another edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. In between weeks three and four, we did it last week with uh, two podcasts and it was um, well received apparently by you, the listenership, so we decided to do it again. At least we had enough guests booked to split them up into two podcasts. Earlier this week, we had Brandon Marshall, the Pro Bowl wide receiver for the 3-0 and Chicago Bears before they go to 2-1 and Detroit to play a game with the NFC North lead on the line. What with the Vikings at 0-3 in the U.K. this weekend, taking on equally 0-3 Pittsburgh, and 1-2 Green Bay on a bye week. Uh, If the Bears go ahead and improve to 4-0, that would be a fantastic start. We talk about uh, the 3-0 start with Brandon Marshall, who is also quite introspective about his uh, mental health issues that he's been battling his entire professional career, and how he says he has turned the corner on that. So it was an interesting conversation. Uh, Giovanni Bernard of the Cincinnati Bengals, who take on that upstart, crazy, wacky Cleveland Brown team in week number four. Uh, the 2-1 and one Cincinnati Bengals um, are playing uh, this week a, a pretty big game in division as uh, the Baltimore Ravens are also 2-1, and one, getting set for a week four game. Uh, themselves, where are they playing, Chris Law? Do you have that up? Yes, where I do. the Ravens are the playing right Baltimore now? Baltimore Ravens, week number four, are playing against Buffalo. One yep. o'clock, CBS. That's right. Western New York. The Buffalo Bills um, are one and two. The New York Jets, two and one. At two and one, Tennessee this week. That's an interesting game. We're going to pick them all in a matter of moments. Uh, Aisha Tyler was also on the podcast earlier this week we always invite you to go to our itunes page or the blog page richeisen.nfl.com to download the entire library the matt damon show has uh, cracked six figures right over a hundred thousand yeah now? up over a hundred and how about that his, his emmy or his uh his emmy the, nomination emmy nomination spurring that on i'm sure yes and um and i appreciate the new open chris law well done. You know, well done. A lot of flack from a lot of people. I had to work in. Well I, done. I had to work in the Joe Namath 
if. It's a, such a small word. I know, such a small so. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Okay. Very well done. How are you, Chris Brockman? Good to see you. Well, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm uh, My New England Patriots are undefeated, but I'm not sure how good they Sunday are, Sunday night football in the Georgia Dome. That should be a test. Not sure how good they are. That'll be a test. Another one of these AFC-NFC matchups that the AFC has been dominating. In the early going of the season. You know, we talked about it uh, on the show earlier in the week, how the Falcons have gotten off to such great starts. I'm interested to see how they match up against this new look, new tough New England defense. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a, a, quite an assignment for New England. Certainly yeah, no their question. toughest assignment yet Absolutely. with a game at Buffalo, then home against the Jets in a short week, and then against the Buccaneers, who have fallen and cannot get up after two heart-crushing season-opening losses, they fell flat in New England, Tampa. And, I mean, Darrell Rivas, I know he's making the $16 million, but he's 0-3. The Jets, without him, are 2-1. and Think about that. Oh, my Lord. You know, Rex coaching for his life, his, he's come out swinging. He, the well, team guy, looks good. Let me good. tell you, man, that guy can coach defense. That guy can coach defense. Period, end of story. That guy can coach defense. And and if Geno Smith can go vertical like he did twice, once to Stephen Hill and once to Santonio Holmes, that's a whole different ball of wax. I just don't know if he can do it in Tennessee against a very difficult defense. We'll see. But um, John Hine is on this show. Yes. Longtime friend of the program. He returns. He's been on once, so I guess this makes officially him a friend of the program. He listens. He's certainly an avid listener to this podcast. And... um, we're going to have him on specifically to analyze Chris Law's appearance on the league. Absolutely. Oh, two episodes. Can't ago. wait about that. Um, and so week number four, we are, are turning our attention to it. Um, and what we're going to do is pick the games. Let's do it. Yeah, We go absolutely. to our, our weekly pick em site, which is on NFL.com. Um, you go to your fantasy tab and go to weekly pick em. You cannot miss our league because we are – Second from the top. We are the second largest league in weekly pick'em on NFL.com. Your humble host ranks 13th overall, but that's tied for 13th. That's T13, which is probably like 1,000 people <laughs> yeah. in front of it. Prob- yeah, because I'm 16th, and I'm, I had an awful week right. last week. Oh, are, oh, oh, I'm tied for 11th. You are tied for 11th. You have uh, I, uh, you gangbusters are, the last two weeks. You did. You 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 started slow, and right. then you've come on strong the last two weeks. Fourteen and two in week two. You lead me by one. Eleven and five. In and week three. Chris Law is um, needs, Ship a, is, needs a good week. Is going under. We start with the game that uh, Thursday night football. Many of you might be listening to this uh, as the game's going on or after the game has been played. So you'll have to excuse us uh, if we are already talking about a game that's been decided. But I, I'm taking the 49ers. Thursday night football. I know it's a, a short week and that the Rams last year in that dome play much better. We saw them last year um, on Thursday night football against Arizona. It's a different ball of wax here. If I had seen more out of the Rams this week against the Cowboys, I think I would feel a little bit better about taking them this week. That said, I can't see the 49ers going one and three, so I'm going to take them as well. Yeah, Harbaugh, I think, has never uh, been under 500 as a coach of the Niners until this week. I think he at least gets back there, and I, well, I like the Niners. Either way, either way, with the Seattle Seahawks looking the way they look, either way, the loser of this is one and three and in deep trouble in that division. Hmm. 
really trouble. now i know st louis's lone win is at least within the division that's helpful but starting off one and three with the seahawks running away with it certainly i don't think the rams with the utmost of respect thought that they are ready to win that division right now Probably not, but but they did have the best record in division last understood, year. Understood, but are they ready with all of these young kids to win the division now? Are they ready to make a playoff run in their mind? Absolutely. Are they ready to win that division with Seattle and San Francisco in it? I don't think that they're that. Uh, that I, I don't think that they would be in a private moment thinking that wild card would be a way to get in this year. One and three is not a way to start to do it. 49ers, on the other hand, they understand what it takes to get back to the Super Bowl is you win the division and win it with enough games that you get a week off. And you win yep. a division, at least you get a playoff game at home. You going as a wild card, you're going on the road. You're going on the road. Maybe you're at Dallas, okay? Maybe you're at um, you're at the Bears. Maybe you wind up in, in New Orleans. Maybe you wind up in a dome. Not what you want, man definitely not what you want and one and three is a way to is, is a great way to be a wild card team if you're if you're trying to get into the playoffs mm-hmm. uh baltimore at buffalo does anybody think that ej Manuel can work his magic on a ravens team that finally finally broke through it took them right up until um a defensive touchdown right before halftime they got a defensive touchdown and a special teams touchdown right before Ray Lewis came out and had his number retired, and that was all she wrote. That game was over. That was a wrap against Houston. But up until then, they were doing their usual sleepwalk on offense, right? Yeah, but they don't play well from behind. So if Buffalo, I mean, I guess the question comes down to if you think Buffalo has enough offensive firepower to get a lead. Well, C.J. Spiller has got to be healthy. He left the the loss to the Jets. Well, Ray Rice, too, didn't play. And Ray Rice was Ray out. Ray Rice didn't play either. What is his status as of this point? Do I, we know? I still don't think we know. It's the hip. I think it's he's day-to-day. Bernard Pierce is, is, is more than serviceable, though. More than No question. I'm going to take Baltimore. Law? If this game were in Baltimore, I would be going with the Ravens 17-1 and in their last 18 home games. I'm going to double down. I'm going to pick them to lose again this week, and I'm going to go with the Bills. So says the man who went 7-9 and nine in week three. <laughs> I take the Ravens. Oh. Now next up, the, oh. the Bengals at the Browns. The Bengals at the Browns. Um, we mentioned it on the podcast earlier this week. The win the Browns had in Minnesota was eye-popping, to say the least, that they would be able to win on the road after trading Trent Richardson with their third-string quarterback. They've got a stud of a tight end, man. Jordan Cameron is one of the best no emerging. Doubt. And if they can somehow, some way, go ahead, throw the records out against a team that is clearly more talented on the offensive side of the ball and win this game, they would be able to – they'd be hosting Buffalo entering week four Five on NFL Network at five hundred chance to go three and two. This is a big game for the Browns. You're I am taking the, the I'm taking the Bengals. <laughs> right. You're exactly. teasing the people. Yeah. I can't do it either. I'm taking the Bengals. That Bengals defense. I mean, they held Aaron Rodgers to under three hundred yards passing. They have some ridiculous record. I, I like the Bengals. Okay, you take the Bengals. 
The Bears and the Detroit Lions. The Bears have a chance to go 4 and 0. The Lions won in DC for the first time ever. And without Reggie Bush. Is he back this week? I don't know. That guy's He's expected to return. Expected to return. Jock Bell no slouch. I mean, it, he is definitely Jock or is it Joik? Jock Joik. Let's call the know. whole thing I've off. I've heard it everything. I'm taking the Bears. You got the Bears. The Bears. Who do you have, Chris Law? I I would love to see the Bears go to four and zero in that division. It would be great. I, I don't think they're going to do it though. I I do like Detroit at home. I I think that Megatron is going to have a day. I do. This isn't the Redskins secondary he's facing. No, I understand Rich. It's that. It's the Bears. I understand that AJ Green got his little history between Sue against and Cutler that secondary. Also, and this is it. This is it for. I, I think Schwartz is going to have him whipped up. I'm concerned though. Nate Burleson's out. He broke his arm in an accident earlier in the week. They're shopping for receivers right now. I just, to all ultimately due respect, I just, to our guest earlier in the week, I just think that this is a tough one for the the Bears to win on the road. And in division, I I take the Lions, and I have the Lions at 3 1, just like the Bears by the end of this game. Wow. Yep. Okay. Although, although Stafford, our friend Stafford and his Duck Dynasty scares me a little bit. I'll tell you, I watched a little bit of their game, and he still, and I'm by no means obviously any any quarterback evaluator or anything like that, but him and Cam both just they don't set their feet, throwing off their back foot a yeah. lot. It yeah. just yeah. it looks well, like this it's is this is a battle between two quarterbacks with some of the worst mechanics. Seahawks at Houston, Texans. Well, the Texans. I mean, the Texans are two and one. They could easily be zero and three. That's true. They could easily, easily. be zero and three, yep. and they they looked horrible in Baltimore. They couldn't run it. They couldn't protect it. They couldn't throw it. Such a weird team, that Texans. I I, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I think they fall to five hundred. I'm taking the Seahawks. Uh, is this coming to me? Because this yeah, was also my REP picks Super Bowl forty eight prediction: Houston at Seattle. Yes, <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take the Hawks on the road being clipped by the Texans. Texans win this game. At and home. I'm going to side with Law. Wow, really? I'm going to side with Law. Ow. I'm going to sit here and think. I'm going to sit here and think that Seattle, in my mind, is the better team until they go on the road and beat a team like the Texans in Houston. I need to see it first, and I don't mind taking the hit here. Okay. I don't mind taking the hit because I think, I think. The Texans are going are better than this. You think they're going to be able to run the ball against Seattle? Well, I hope so. Well, clearly for fantasy Larry Foster, but but I I I'm not sure. I just think the Texans come home and right the ship, and the Seahawks are not going to be 16 and 0. This is my mindset for real. Seattle's not going to be 16 and 0, and they're also not going to be 14 and 0. Isn't that a Week 16 game for them in San Francisco? Uh, I mean, I here's here, and this is exactly why I'm doing this. I'm going to call up their schedule right now, man. I think Seattle, and I say this, I said last week, by the way, we almost almost broke 500 retweets on the tweet I sent I out. I know. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> was just so basically, cl- so which close. we sent out, for those who are listening now, just, just to prove how rabid the Seahawks fans are, I yeah. sent out a tweet 
that I think I know it's just two games. I think Seattle's the best team in the league. I think just it should be a weekly, it was a weekly thing with the podcast. You should send out a, a tweet. Well, I don't want to about Seattle. It'll, it'll make its own little like I don't cult <laughs> underground follow. Let me think about that. <laughs> Let me think about that. I, but like I, I, I take a look here and I look at Seattle's schedule. All right, they're at Houston and at Indianapolis next two weeks. They're home for Tennessee. They don't lose that. Then they're at Arizona and at St. Louis. The at Arizona is a short week. Is it Thursday night? Yes. Uh, I, I'm, so I'm, you're thinking they have an L before. I think that they, 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 you know, and they're home for Tampa. They're at Atlanta. They might lose next week at Indy. Home for Minnesota, just, home for New Orleans. That's one that I just don't think they're going to be. I don't think Houston. I think they're going to they're going to get God at some I point. I just don't think Houston is a team that wins. Sure, I just don't think Houston's a team that gets them. You don't, huh? No, definitely not. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it and say that they're going to that 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 the Texans are going to get it together. It's I don't awful, know why. I just have that awful feeling. convincing argument you make. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and do it. It's I terrible. don't know why. It's terrible. Ugh. Can we uh, can we super sweep past the next one, Indy and Jacksonville? Okay. I think we do three more, right? Everyone pick one. You you want to each? Or are we going to do half? Choose a game. We shouldn't go through all these. We don't want to give we'll all f- of our brilliance away. Well, we'll finish the second half at the end, no? Oh, I mean. You know what? You guys convinced me. I'm going Seahawks. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Stick to your guns. Oh. I'll go Texans. Stick to oh, your man. guns. No. I mean, you're going to let uh, Josh Charles, you're going to Josh Charles you right now? We just mm-hmm. Josh Charles you. Right. Yeah, no, that, I, that I, turned I'll, out pretty I'll good stick to my Josh guns. <laughs> I'll stick to my guns. I'll stick to my guns. Uh, the, the guns I don't really trust. Uh, I'm taking the Colts over the Jaguars. None of us, right? I think we are. Any, yeah. Anybody taking the Giants? No. Okay. Uh, what about the U.K. game? For our f- our fellow f- our fans our friends, anybody want to yeah. take a shot at that one? I just think the Steelers. Are Me better too. Than that. Me too. They really? got the yes. They've got the better quarterback. Well, uh, it Bell, looks like I'm lone wolfing. Bell, Le'Veon Bell's coming back. You're going to take the Vikings. I'm lone wolfing on the Vikings okay. for you, because pon- you. Ponder he still. I mean, people want to give him a lot of flag. I know they're talking about is his is his time there up. He completed 70% of his balls. He had two rushing touchdowns, 50 yards on the ground. I think they find a way to do it. Let's keep going here. Let's keep going. I mean, this is our way to preview yeah, week sure, four, let's man. Do, it. What, do you think people are going to actually go on the website to see our picks? Maybe. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just glad that they're, maybe They're not some going people, to see our mugshot, that's for sure. I'm just happy that people are downloading a podcast. Cardinals and Buccaneers. I think the Bucks get theirs first. Even though the Cardinals, the Cardinals are, are better than we think they are. I think I would have said this after week two that the Bucks would get this because the way they played so competitively in the first two weeks. But, man, they went up to New England. Warren Sapp picked them to win this week. I know. And they really laid an egg they against did. a Patriots team that was very vulnerable and ripe for the picking. You ain't wrong. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Okay. Yeah, this is a, this is kind of a coin toss for me as well here. Man, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Brockman's theory here and – if we saw something better out of them last week, I'd take them, but I'm sticking with the Cardinals, too. Okay, very good. You guys, I'm lone wolfing. Oh, you're gonna, you might lone wolf on this next one, too. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Jets in Tennessee. Yeah. Really? I am. After all that preseason, the things are a mess. Hey. Three and one? Didn't you guys choose the Bills last week? Mm-hmm. Okay, who chose the Jets here? That's true. Their I don't think this is really good, man. Right, exactly, and I think Tennessee's is too. I I can't anticipate a lot of offense in this game. Maybe so. 
This might be 13-10, 17-13. so. I'm taking the Jets in this one. 16-9. And how, how, by the way, how good, how good does our Colts-Titans game look yeah. coming up? Absolutely. How good does our Bengals-Dolphins game look coming up? Amazing. How good does our Washington-Minnesota game look coming up? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold <laughs> your horses. I'm going to take Tennessee. Okay. And that yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with him on that one, the Titans, too. Is anybody taking uh, Washington in, in Oakland? Yes. I need to see who's starting. At which position? At, for Terrell Pryor, if Terrell oh, okay. Pryor can return. I thought you meant, hey, I man, thought you meant Kirk listen, Cousins or Terrell Robert Griffin. Pryor, the there is more than a pulse there. Oh, yeah. With, with Terrell with, Pryor. Absolutely. More than a pulse. Oh, yeah. I was a little disappointed when he got injured and came out to not see Matt McGloin go in, but apparently he didn't dress. Because Flynn's the three there. They've had McGloin as the well, Let me two. tell you, man. Get your Penn State homerism out oh, of here. If, 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 here's what I'm saying. If Pryor's playing that game. They're going to beat the Reds. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take the Raiders. Okay. If he's not, I'm going to take Washington. Um, and Cowboys and Chargers. Or did we skip We skipped the Eagles and Broncos? Well, uh, please. No Anybody? one's going to take the what? Eagles? Uh, uh, you taking what? the Eagles? What? You just skip. You don't even, not even worth a mention. Are you going to take the Philadelphia Eagles? See, this is where I feel like I'm going to be judged for homerism. Chris Law, please take the Eagles. But, please, but, but hold on. please, please. There's Chris always Law. this. There's always this. Hey, please the Eagles are coming off a long week. It's essentially like a bye week. Chris Law, come on. The Broncos are averaging almost 40 points a game. Yeah, but just when you think you know the NFL, something like this happens. I'm not disagreeing with you, Chris Law. Chris Law. The Denver Broncos have scored 127 points in their first three games, <laughs> which aware. is second only to the 68 Cowboys. That's 42.3 points per game. You like that math I just said? 68 Cowboys are the only team since 1940 to have more points in the first three weeks of a season than what Denver Broncos just put up. The 127 points for the Denver Broncos is more than the 49ers, Steelers, and Buccaneers combined. Peyton Manning, 12 touchdown passes through three games. Since 1960, it's the most ever for a quarterback in the first three games of a National Football He's League season. Stats. By the way, wait a minute. <laughs> I love wait a minute. Stats. Wait a minute. This is awesome. Wait a minute. Of the only, let me get the count here. Nine, nine other quarterbacks have only had ten or more in the first three weeks of a season since 1960. Peyton Manning is the only one to have zero interceptions to go with his twelve. Who else is on that list? How is uh, two Tom Brady's, one Bledsoe, one Favre, one Kelly, two Marinos, one Len Dawson, and one Charlie Johnson, everybody. Wow. Chuck Johnson. Okay, so you tell me. You tell me how the Eagles. And the Eagles might score, but that puts the Sheriff back on the field. I mean, the Raiders scored you 21 points me, on Monday night. You tell me. Here's how you beat the, the Denver Broncos. You get Manning off the spot, you have him make a mistake, and then you make no mistakes yourself. And eat that clock. And here's a team that had five turnovers to match the exact number of the uniform that they were hanging in the rafters that night. Five turnovers against Kansas City. Which, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Punt. Hold on a minute. Five turnovers against Kansas City, and they had over 260 yards rushing but only 21 minutes in time of possession. How is that the formula to go in Denver and hang the first loss on a machine that is operating on an otherworldly level? It's like Independence Day. Only one human being can operate that machine, and it's the alien creature 
known as Peyton Manning. Please, Please take, take the, the Eagles. Eagles. Please, Please take the Eagles. You, you went through all your numbers. <laughs> the 2013 Broncos have 460 yards. The 2013 Eagles have 1396. They rank fourth and eighth all time in NFL history in yards through this point in the season. If the Eagles get to Denver early, which I don't know when they're traveling, they adjust to that mile higher. What did Joe Namath say a couple weeks ago? If is a big, as you said at the top, uh, it's a it's a big can word. Can I do it? I, two look, little letters. Look, I got to do it. Letters, I'm going to make man. up a game here. You guys are going to look like fools, as oh. will the rest of the country. Oh, I can't awesome, wait. Man. Can't wait. Bart Scott voice. Awesome. Can't wait. Me and awesome. 7% of the country are taking oh, the Eagles. Oh, 7% of the country. Yeah. The, the 6-1-0 area. Cowboys Chargers. Anybody? Anybody take the home team? Anybody take the home team? Anybody take the home team? Yes, I'm the taking the Chargers team. there as well. I'm, gonna I'm doing out. it. I'm taking the Chargers. Oh, man. Cowboys not running away with the division. No, it just reeks yes. no, 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 no. of a home, no, no, no. A, a road loss for them to have to then come home and take on Peyton Manning, and everyone's going to be wringing their hands Cowboys are going to be two and three. What are they going to do? No, no dice. Or you think the no Dallas dice. Cowboys win this game? They're three Absol- and one. Yeah, definitely Cowboys. Twelve and four. I'm calling it. They're they're going they're doing it this year. You know what? That, I, that could be a late week switch for me. I'm, I'm with I'm with you, Brockman, because I went. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a man of my word too. I I said in August I thought this was the Cowboys year. Me too. I said I'm the same in. thing too. Dallas could be wins. Eight and eight and uh, win I'm taking now. the Falcons against your Patriots. I think that they go home. There's no way they go to one and three. It's their home. Matt Ryan is going to do it. He's Mr. BC himself. He's going to be fired up to do this. They're going to be uh, uh, in that place and take a big lead on an offense that cannot produce points in a manner that we are accustomed to seeing it produce points. Gronk may return, which puts a little bit of a crimp in my philosophy here, but I think they're starting to get their sea legs underneath them. I mean, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to not take them. I'm just trying to make some doing? sort of compelling what are you, argument. Who are you I'm going to take the Patriots. And, and I'm just saying that, you that Homa. they seem to be, you get, Homa. look, they seem to be getting better every week there, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't blame you. You're taking You're a 3-0 a team against a 1-2 team. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah but the Falcons are much better than 1-2. Okay. And the Patriots may the not way, be as good as 3 this is you, you talked about your Super Bowl pick. This is my Super Bowl pick. This is Patriots-Falcons. Right, so, and then uh, you take the Falcons? Uh, I'm taking the Falcons, Okay, yes. very good. And does anybody take the Dolphins on Monday Night Football? <sighs> I, I would love to, but at home Monday night, the Superdome? No chance. That place is going to be rocking. the third road game in the first four for the Dolphins. Imagine if they came. If they had eight, they'll have seven home games left. If they came out of that 4 0. Night game in New Orleans. I guess a Miami. That place Miami is home game. Miami home game. Miami in New Orleans. Rocking. How, you know. Breeze is going to throw for four something. I mean, it's going to be a monster game. I like the Saints. Yep. Yeah, I like the Saints too. All right, and then next week after um, after the all four games, we check on the quarter post of our preseason picks. <laughs> oh. My Adrian Peterson minor, title is not looking too good. Mine are not My good. My Cam Newton MVP. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes you got to take a risk. I had uh, oh, Doug my. Martin as my rushing right, champ. Very good. Uh, let's get to the housekeeping portion of this podcast. Um, we did not discuss the Chris Law appearance on the league. That's true. His cameo appearance. It was more than one of those if you blinked you might miss. It was a little Chris. more. Not more a little I mean, more. It was, yeah. it was it was I mean it was somewhere between blinking and substantial. <laughs> Most people get their fifteen minutes, I got my one point eight seven seconds, it but was, it was still there. It was, it was there. Great. It was perfect. And 
how did you prep? How did you prepare yourself? Well, I got myself, if, if you couldn't tell. For those was, who didn't see it, I mean, what, what, explain the scene. Well, the scene is uh, exterior of a child care facility in the suburbs of Chicago. Yes. There with the Cutlers, uh, the lovely Kristen Cavallari and, his, and her husband, Jay Cutler, who you may know. Yes. And uh, I'm a fellow parent of a two-year-old toddler there, just kind of talking to them about... So how, you have no preparation I for this I have no preparation. I don't okay. know what I'm doing at Okay. All. How did you get into character for that? Did you yeah, hang out at... Yeah, what'd you do? Did, did you I didn't take did babysit the, uh, someone? I didn't take the Daniel Day-Lewis approach. I... This wasn't, you know. You didn't, you didn't DDL. I didn't have it. a binky in my pocket. That you wasn't. Doing you didn't DDL. Like so, so you didn't tell everyone on on the floor or at the set that you are truly a parent of a two year old and to treat you as uh, that you didn't. So you didn't walk in to the Schaefer's set in character. So no, you're saying? I did have a line because we we did it. Uh, they had to shoot it from a few different angles and we did it a couple times. And your line was? Uh, well, it, they just told me to ad-lib. But one of the times that I ad-libbed, yes. uh, just talking about the facilities, I said, I was talking about how great the place is. I'm like, oh, yeah, and, and Little Richie loves the place. Little Richie. As a shout-out to you, yeah. hoping that would make the cut. But and they went with a different a different take, different line. Which so, line did they go with for those uh, who didn't see? It was, I think it was just something about me talking about how, how great the place is. Oh. And, uh, and then... Uh, the main characters walk in and uh, bump into uh, Kristen, shooting her across. Kristen. Kristen, yeah. That's how he refers K-Cav, to her. K-Cav, you know. K-Cav. Shooting her K-Cav. across. Wow. Across that's the kinda, bow. That's kind of like when I call RG3 Robert. Robert, yep. Bob. When yeah. you, so, so, again, I could sit here and critique your appearance, but I'm not an expert. I, I think I'm one. I mean, I've watched <laughs> all, enough television. Do. So we, much we television. Know. So I figured we should get an actual pop culture television expert okay. on the Uh-oh. horn, a friend of the program ah. from the Stern Channels on ah, Sirius XM, and the creator of Jump the Shark, which you may have done <laughs> in that just 1.8 seconds, Chris Law. Yes. Um, John, John Himes on the, on, the, on, the form, on the phone, right? The caller is there, correct, John? You there, John? Always happy to be with you guys. John Himes returns. Rich? I'm doing fine. So, so, John, how... How was Chris Law's performance well, in your eyes? Look, it's the third episode of the season of The League, so things are in motion, and you wonder if Chris Law is going to be your next Ted McGinley. Yes. Meaning if he shows up, there's just no point in watching the show. It's anymore. over. I mean, and McGinley holds, holds his, own, his own pantheon in Jump the Shark lore correct i mean well, he's, he, he's the patron saint rich okay <laughs> it's, 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 we, we talked about that with matt berry when he was on because he wrote an episode for that's right yeah matt berry for married with children he was there for that okay so we and don't my, know yet if he has mcginley the league and my yet. expectations were raised having heard the schaefers on your program yes i mean i i expected i didn't know what to expect let's put it that way and the show starts and the plot's moving along, and then they go to this playground, and I'm like, okay, I'm guessing it's coming. And before I can finish the sentence, I see this guy in a bright pink shirt. Bright pink shirt. That's wait right. a minute. That Are was you orange. wearing the same shirt right now? No, this is this is per- this is. Let uh, him finish. Purple. Let him finish. Sorry, John. Bright, don't mean to, don't don't listen to these guys. It's okay. Bright pink shirt, standing with uh, the aforementioned Cutlers, and I'm thinking, wow. Is this like when they, you know, Star Trek, when they give you the red shirt, you know the guy's going to die <laughs> Expendable. The episode ends? Expendable. 
I, I was wondering if they were trying to send a, a message, but then the scene begins, and I was wondering what that opening line was that Chris said. I rewound it a few times. Oh. I, I was hoping for subtitles. I didn't have that. <laughs> you didn't hit the you didn't hit the the CAP button, the the Chris I, I, AP button. I, I didn't have the Chris Law captioning for the for the impaired. <laughs> the and, clap button. And I watched it, and then the other couple came over and. Chris gave a look and reacted well to the bump, I thought, and yep. walked off. And I'm like, wow, that was an A1 professional hey, job. Okay. I really thought okay. he was stellar. My okay. critique is as follows. The opening line could have been a little bit more clearer. Yes. The uh, leering at Kristen could have been a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame and, him. Can't blame him for that. Yeah. She and, came into my arms, John. There was you know, not much I could do there. Okay. And, and as the scene progressed, I wonder, because we had a few people walking through the playground, were we going to get a return cameo? We were going to get, you know, the crossing back across yeah. to further establish the character. And who knows, maybe somewhere down the road, we may see him at a, uh, a future scene. But that didn't happen. But all in all, no, McGinley's status does not fit okay. when it comes to Chris Law. Okay. I thought he did a very good job. And I think that it may lead to other work mm. in other fantasy football related type television shows <laughs> on cable networks with two X's in them. Nice. I really think there's a possibility. There. There's a so there's a there's a chance. There's a future, is what you're saying, John. And so, Chris, uh, are you taking issue with the uh, the his television, the color of his television that was not a pink shirt? That was certainly not. I wouldn't what even go it? so far as to say salmon colored. It, it's it's pretty clear, a, a light orange shirt. What did you bring that? Or did I did wardrobe? I did bring it. Uh, I brought a few things because I wasn't sure, you know, what season we were in. If we were in late winter or if we were still so in Chicago, so you know, this is me impressive. thinking next level. Here. Okay, that's next level. Yeah, and, it uh, is next level stuff. And uh, yeah, so, so, so what, what 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 instructions did wardrobe provide you? Pre-shoot. Well, I wasn't sure going into it because, look, I was just happy to be there and thankful that the Schaefer's, you know, offered me to come down. So, and don't forget, it was, was Richard say, Sherman who essentially put it, you yeah, there. Yeah, thanks Sidney Rice and Russell Wilson and that crappy Patriots secondary. <laughs> yeah, and the twelfth man really helped me out there. But um, so I wasn't sure if there was going to be speaking or not. I didn't. I assume not. You know, I, right. I, I was just happy to be there and be a quote-unquote feature what extra. What wardrobe requirements were you given none. before the shoot? They told so me, you they chose told me orange yeah. yourself? That's, I chose orange. I didn't want to John, clash what John, Kristen was wearing. John, that's but. a bold choice, don't you think? I mean, regardless of whether how it showed up on your television set. Clearly, Chris, my, yeah, the color of my TV aside, he wanted to stand out one way or another, and there are many different ways to do it. Um, like, you know, you made a point about Dan Patrick with the umbrella, Chris yes. with the shirt, I believe in a nonverbal way, wanted to be seen, because who knew how long the cameo was going to be? Who knew if the line was going to get cut? Who knew if he was going to make it all the way through? So I think regardless of whatever color you're talking about, Chris, you made a statement with your wardrobe choice. And it's bold. (laughs) It's definitely a bold choice for someone who hadn't appeared on a cable television show. There you go. If not me, who? And if If not not now, now, when? when? Yeah, you learn. You learn. (laughs) You learned from the master there. Excellent. John, um, should we do we send you out of here, Brockman? 
Because Chris is third. Well, in mid, mid, he's, he's, yeah. in, he's in mid-season three of Breaking Bad. Yeah, right? I've been trying. I watched season two in like three days last week. Because like everyone was talking about it, and I hate to be it's out that, of the loop. I hate it. It's that good, isn't it? I hate it. It's that good, isn't I, it? I, I'm locked in step. It gets so much I watched better. Conan O'Brien last night. And the yeah, entire he had them all, he had the all on, right? He oh, had the whole crew. He had the whole crew, Yeah, it was John. so good. All right, so because I want to talk. Well, ha- before we get to that, let's talk Emmys then. Let's talk okay. Emmys with you. Oh, and I want to ask John about Dexter as well. Let's okay. So, let, but let's talk Emmys first. Uh, our friend, congrats to our friend of the program, Bobby Cannavale. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, that was that was definitely the most competitive category. I thought. I agree. Every nominee deserving in that category. I was surprised that one of the Breaking Bad guys did not take that Emmy award home, but. Bobby Cannavale was so good on Boardwalk oh my this God. past season, so and you can't really complain about that. So uh, kudos to him, and uh, it was well-deserved. However, yes. some of the other awards, I just don't know what they were thinking. Like what? I, like what? Jeff Daniels for Best Actor. Well, you know this town out here. The left coast wow. loves Aaron Sorkin. They love, then, can, I mean. then, then give the Emmy to Sorkin, because how can you deny Cranston the Emmy? I, how can you – it's just not possible. And I know they split the season, and he's probably going to get it next year, even yes. though the show is going to be gone, which is another thing the Emmys does that's a little That's what I wasn't up. sure. He's still eligible yeah, next year. Breaking then. Bad is – el- what we're watching now is next year's. Is eligible for next year's Emmy Awards. Wow. Even, so Breaking Bad will, be, will, will have been gone for a year. Calendar year. And they'll, they'll all be back again. All of them. John, I mean, they'll all be nominated again, which would be great. I'm glad Breaking Bad won for best drama, but I just can't see how you can. And with all due respect to John Hamm and everybody else who was nominated, including Jeff Daniels, who does a fine job on the newsroom. I think that's a big, big mistake and, and, a, and a tremendous slight to Mr. Cranston. Well, I mean, he's won three times. I guess they also figure next year he can win. I mean, because that's the way these these uh, these these voters think and. And I guess you also, it, 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 I guess it, it, that old line from Silence of the Lambs, you covet what you see every day. The voting went down um, in the, the, the last month. Uh, the newsroom was on there. So was Breaking Bad. Maybe that's why Breaking Bad won it all for the first time. Because what we're seeing right now is, is off the charts. I mean, uh, I don't want to get into it until Brockman's out of the room because I don't want to ruin anything. Because we are, we're going to break our our no spoilers rule, right? Yeah, and we'll we... give you a heads up, all the folks out there who are, who listen to this podcast and always send tweets my way saying thank you for not spoiling Breaking Bad because I'm thinking of watching it or I'm in the middle of watching it. We will give you the appropriate heads up. Uh, what else? What else did you not like for for the um, for the Emmy Awards? On the comedy side, I think Modern Family is a funny show. I don't think it's as funny as it was its first couple of seasons. But to me, Louie was the best comedy of of the year. And I think that deserved the Emmy. Well, that's an acquired taste for a lot of people, don't you think? When I came to Louie at first, I watched the first couple episodes, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, what am I missing here? Too many people whose opinions I respect telling me, you know, stick with it. It's it's really just a brilliantly written, funny, dark, but funny, funny show. Very dark. And as I watch more and more, they're right. I mean, it's just a very, very very good show that that it's funny it's it's poignant and you know com- there aren't a lot of great comedies on television right now so i thought that louis deserved to win over modern family and another upset none of the modern family guys won the best supporting actor in a comedy 
That that went to who did that go to? That went to best um, actor in a comedy. Uh, best supporting actor. Best supporting actor. Lead oh, actor was, was Jim Parsons. Went to, uh, Tony Hale. Tony Hale and Veep. Veep, who is very funny. Veep is very such funny. a good and, show. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who won for Best Actress in a Comedy, when she went up to that accept, was, Tony good. Hale played his character behind her, whispering words into her ear for her to say in the acceptance speech. Very funny. That was a great acceptance speech. Michael Douglas's acceptance speech, where he looked at Matt Damon uh, when he won for Liberace, and he said, this award is half yours, so do you want the top or the bottom? <laughs> was one of the funniest <laughs> lines of the night. Um, friend of the program, uh, the, the habituation, Steven Soderbergh took home directing for that, as well he should. You know, and Cannavale, just so you know, I, uh, I texted him, congratulations. And his response was, thanks, Jets 2-1, and one, just a tip, 3-0. and oh. Yes. I was going to say so, I, I was going to say I bet there was a Jets reference. So he's like he, on the day the Jets went to 2 and 1 and his fantasy team just the tip which is spelled J U S D A T I P all one word <laughs> improved to 3 and 0. Oh. He won the Emmy award for Jip Rossetti. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, 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 so I love that guy, man. <laughs> I it's mean, some, it's somebody's year. That's all I'll say. You know what I, mean, I was surprised about? John, I was surprised about that that uh, um the Americans got Zippo in terms of even being nominated. Yeah. Because I thought that was one of the best new dramas. We all know House of Cards was awesome yep. and got got an absurd number of nominations, certainly for a, a streaming service, the first of its kind. Yeah, that's when but, you know this, Rich, when the new kid comes in town. It's like when Cable had to have the Ace Awards because the Emmys were too good for it. You know, the streaming stuff... <laughs> will gradually work its way in. Fincher won for directing, yep. which was very well-deserved. Uh, you'll get more and more than that. I know a lot of people liked Orange is the New Black, which is another streaming show. I'm with you on The Americans. FX has some great, great shows. Justified, I know you guys love yes. that show, too. I mean, that's another one. Oliphant never gets the recognition he deserves. He's fantastic in that show. Yes, he is. He certainly is. Um, so, so you got one more that you want to get off your chest about well, The Emmys? Just the Emmys in general. It's supposed. It's a show that celebrates. It's an award show celebrating television, and it's never a particularly good television show. <laughs> like you think these guys would get it. What makes a TV show work? And it just. It, it, it should be much better. Let's put it that way. And of course, they put it up against what Sunday Night Football, Breaking Bad, second to last episode, Dexter season finale. I mean. You used to, like the Oscars, everyone counter-programs and avoids. This, you got people putting on their best stuff to knock off the Emmys. So, all in all, I think the Emmys can do a better job as an award show. Well, I just don't know what you can do with it. You know, I mean, because it is just an award show. And so you're sitting there watching very famous people dressed to the nines just celebrate one another. And you sit there and you root for people that you like because you watch them on television. You root for the shows that you like because you want them to win. And either you care or you don't. And if you are a fan of, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I believe I have one of those folks on the phone line oh, right now, boy. that you know, you're not going to, as much as a TV guy as you are, you're, you're going to be watching the Bears and the Steelers go at it, and, which is what I did. The wife had the Emmys on in the other room, even though she was interested in the Steelers-Bears. She likes the award show stuff. Right. So I don't know what you can do to bring more eyeballs there. Either you care about people winning awards, you don't. And the NFL awards, for instance, which the NFL instituted the last two years, the Saturday before 
the Super Bowl to give out all the year-end AP awards. I mean, that's as perfect an award show as I've ever been to because it's done in two hours. Yeah. Mm. It's over. It's over. It starts at 7 Eastern. It is over by 9 Eastern, and that is it. You are in and out in two hours. And, you know, I've been to so many ESPY awards that that touched close to four hours. The Oscars goes on the and blood, on and the on. The Globes are interesting because they, they, they drink, and everyone kind of gets a little yeah, looser, it's a and that's party. a little more fun. Yeah, it's got a, like, yeah. a little bit of a roast element, certainly when right. Ricky Gervais is hosting <laughs> yeah, yeah. it, right? So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's interesting in that regard. But I don't know what you can do, John, you know? Well, there are two things you hit which are important. Either keep it short and sweet, two hours, and you know you're done, hit all the big awards, get the stars up there, and you're out. Or the way the Golden Globes used to be, where everybody should. And again, TV royalty now is up there with film royalty. Like you've got, you know, the bituation there. You've got Matt Damon sitting Pacino. there. You've got all these other great actors and actresses and directors there. So it's not like it's second-class citizens on TV anymore. If you put them at a bunch of tables and you liquor them up like the Golden Globes used to be and everyone's just having a party, that's great. Everybody's on board for somebody stumbling up to get their (laughs) Emmy or however it would work. It makes it a little bit more of of a unique viewing experience. And the way it's shot, again, this should be the best TV show of the year if it's celebrating great TV. And go one way or the other. Make it short and sweet or just get everybody drunk and have a great time. And... I don't know if this is a testament to the way the Steelers are playing this season or how much I love Breaking Bad, but I watched Breaking Bad instead of watching hey, the Steelers and the Bears. Let me tell you something. And that is a huge step for me. John, last summer I hosted The Great Escape on TNT, the reality competition show. You were uh, great in that, Rich. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It was, it was a departure from something that I normally do, uh, the amazing race tandem of yeah. Bertram Van Munster and Elise Dogonieri, who they lost for one of the first times ever. The Voice uh, beat him out for best uh, best reality uh, competition program. I was shocked, um, by the way. Amazing Race is a Emmy lock. It's year normally, after. but The Voice took it down, and 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 in a, in a way, that's a that 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 show has become uh, more of a, a hit than American Idol at this point in time. But anyway, I, I bring this up for the point that you just made is I knew certainly halfway through that it was a, a very good chance that The Great Escape was going to be one and done. You look at the numbers, the ratings, you hear from the network. I just knew that I might just want to soak this experience in. Mm-hmm. And seeing myself, I hadn't seen a lot of these shows put together, so I saw it put together for the first time when I watched it on TNT. And I knew that I might never be a reality television Host again. I still TiVoed that and watched Breaking Bad live, <laughs> which also is another reason why maybe The Great Escape couldn't because it was on again. They were against each other Sunday at ten, <laughs> and um, I even that I watched live. I mean, Breaking Bad is such as it is right now. Such uh, it, it's 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 close to a sporting event as a drama can get. And I have to stay off Twitter because I know people are tweeting about like live tweeting it, seeing it, wanting to share that experience. I have not seen a television drama quite like that, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, I go radio silent. I shut my phone off, and and because I know someone's going to tweet something I don't want to see, or I, and it's such an intense show. I mean, it, you're literally on the edge of your seat for all sixty or seventy-five minutes, yep. which the finale is going to be. And those shows don't come around, you know, all the time that are so exceptional. But I've heard you say on the podcast how you feel Breaking Bad is the best. There, yes. there is none better. Yes. And before, we'll, we'll debate that in a second, but you have to give Vince Gilligan and the whole team so much credit because my expectations were sky high for these last episodes. And it's rare that your ex, I mean, you're an uh, avid TV watcher as well. I mean, my expertise have been exceeded by tenfold, yeah. week after week after week. And, and I think I'm a pretty smart guy. I can sort of figure things out. I've watched a lot of TV. This has me guessing till the very end, and it goes places you just don't expect it to go. The acting, the writing, the way it's shot, it's just brilliant. It's almost like, like a Beatle, like when the Beatles were making new albums. That's how I think of this show now. I agree. I totally agree, and uh, we're not ready for the spoiler alert yet, so everybody who's about no, to be sitting I, there... And I will not spoil. No, no, we I won't do it either, because Bro- Brockman, you are, you are uh, standing in for that listener right now, because yeah, we'll really never do that to you sitting there. We'll never do it to you, to you listeners who are listening on that. But again, the reason why I said it is because there are constraints... I know that they drop f bombs and then they they dub it out. They sort of they they don't even believe it. I think they get one an episode. So there was one just this past week too, yeah. uh-huh. um, and it it so so they sort of still just go ahead and do it in the same way that you know the Daily Show yep. or what we do here. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's just we just go ahead and we'll just bleep it out. Right. But still, there are still constraints about what you can put on AMC that you don't have those constraints when you're doing The Wire, you're doing Sopranos, you're doing Dexter, you're doing uh, Homeland. You don't have those. You don't have those constraints there that AMC has to have. And what Breaking Bad has done within those constraints is damn near perfect. That's why I say that's the best show. Where, where, where do you stand on that, John? You it's in my top three, no doubt about it. I'm going to weigh a final judgment after the last episode. Okay. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, how many great shows though didn't finish strong? I mean, even Seinfeld, Seinfeld, my favorite show comedy of Ever. all time. We talked about it with Peter Melman last week. Some of these episodes are a quarter century old and still as socially and culturally relevant, and 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 uh, also um, current. Even though they're 25 years old, the last episode of Seinfeld was substandard. You know what? It's the only way to put it. Great example. Lost. Because because Seinfeld, that last episode, people expected the funniest Seinfeld episode of all time. You're bringing everybody back. You're setting it all up. Again, to meet those expectations, even approach those expectations, is a success. And with Seinfeld, it happened... Two seasons ago on Curb, when they did the finale, you know, that was a great Seinfeld finale, as it turned out. You had to wait a little while for it. It was on HBO, but still, what a great great. season that was for Curb. With Breaking Bad, that's why I'm so, you know, I gush over it so much, because you you expect, like, when you walk into a game, and let's say you go in expecting it to go into overtime, and somebody kicking a field goal with three seconds left to win it, that's what I expect in a Breaking Bad episode, and they end up kicking the field goal with one second. Yeah, so you so know, it's 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 just so so good. So and, what's in your other top? What's in the top three with it? Wire and Sopranos. 
Wire and Sopranos, and Wire, Wire at one. Number one. Well, I know the Wire is so sprawling. I mean, the characters are so deep and rich, and the storytelling is so remarkable, and how the the theme song, the words stayed the same, but the music changed every year. The way that they did it was really special. And some of the more shocking Red Wedding-type moments, I won't spoil it, there are some shockers in the Wire that just blew you away that they would do that to a character, a plot line. So I agree with you, but I'm just saying that within the constraints that The Wire had or didn't have, that Breaking Bad has to operate, puts Breaking Bad over the wire, over the top for me. That's it's all a, I'm saying. It's, it's a good argument. I will give you a final verdict after okay. seeing <laughs> well, well, I have a question, episode. too. Everyone talks about, John, how awesome this final season of Breaking Bad is. Compare that to the final season of Dexter, which generally speaking, has been terrible. And the series finale this past week was just such a letdown. Yeah, uh, here's, I mean, I'll throw the spoiler alert out there, but actually I don't have to because if you watch the episode, you'll feel like you're spoiled because (laughs) Dexter, okay, if you haven't watched Dexter yet, here's what you do. Watch until the season with John Lithgow as the Trinity Killer. Right. Once that season ends, you're done. I've just saved you three seasons of television that you don't have to Completely see. agree. I, I feel like, like, uh, like Entourage or Californication, where I was so invested, I just felt like I had to keep watching. So how does it end? Does Dexter become a chemistry teacher? Like, it's the opposite of Breaking Bad? He goes from bad to <laughs> well, good? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, what pretty, it's pretty darn close. Yeah, Rich, you're not that far off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that they, far off. You know what? They and again, you're right. You read the novel. It's 805 pages. You're on page 799. You're going to finish it, and that's what it was with Dexter. Right. And uh, Michael C. Hall, a great actor, does a really good job playing a really difficult part on the show. But they went with characters that were recently introduced. You thought that you would care about them versus the ones that you've been with all throughout the uh, the series. It gets to the end, and spoiler. So if you if you do want to see the end of Dexter, don't listen to the next minute of this podcast. Okay. And then, and then, and then after that, we're going to go into Breaking right, Bad. So you can just sort of hit hit the pause button here, and and because we only have ten minutes left with you, you can you can take this and go ten minutes later, and and uh, you can pick it up. Go exactly. ahead, finish your thought, John. Okay, so at the end, there's a hurricane going on in Miami, and Dexter decides to get on the boat and drive off into the hurricane, hurricane, dump his dead sister into the water, and then sail away because he sent his kid with his girlfriend who happens to be a fugitive being tracked all throughout the world away to argentina they find wreckage of the boat they don't find dexter's body fade to black pause open with the scene that's on in a lumber yard somewhere in the pacific northwest and some guy gets out of a truck wearing a flannel fully bearded and starts working the logs and you realize it's Dexter, who has left Florida and gone somewhere in the Northwest so everyone can live their lives and he can stay away and not do what he does best, which is be a serial killer. And as they show him a shot of him sitting at a desk, he has this empty, blank stare. And all that's going through my head is the Python song, I'm a Lumberjack and I'm okay. <laughs> that's not what I should be feeling no. after watching seven yeah, it was, it was awful. killing people. It was awful. I wanted to throw something at my TV. Oh well, I'm sorry to hear that because no, nothing nothing blows more than than, right. than um, investing time and emotion and and uh, sure. mental capital uh, into a show and having and the first couple of seasons of Dexter Antonio were amazing. And Lost but... was that way for me too. Do you want to leave okay. the room? I'm going to leave right, the room. Chris Brockman's going to leave the room. Everybody. All right, later, Brockman. Right. See you in about ten. Leave the room. 
Um, and, I'm actually envious of Chris Brockman in a way. You know what? But that's the way. I, I, and and I think Whitlock is even posting is even poking fun of this is how people are so breathless over Breaking Bad and the the and people always poke fun at me about the Wire because whenever I meet people who haven't seen the Wire, I say the same thing too. I'm jealous of you. I'm jealous of you that there's all I, this left, and I, I am so sad. There's only one Breaking Bad left, and I don't know how they're going to end it. But my thoughts on this week's episode, John, is it was a it was a setup episode for the finale, and I was a little bit disappointed in that because of how much uh, action and how the plot has has moved along at a breakneck speed. Yeah, and we and it sort of hit a pause button. Um. And and the setup at the end, where just by mere happenstance, Walter White is watching Charlie Rose <laughs> seemed a little bit of a stretch to me. Like this is the first time I thought that the writers might have just run out of an idea and just say, "This is the way we're going to set it up at the end." And I'm willing to 100% give it a pass, but it struck me as. The first six episodes of this season have been so high octane. It was almost like a Bourne movie where it was one scene after another, after another, after another, that this one hit the pause button a little bit, got more like a Mad Men or a Sopranos type episode, and and I'm hoping the finale becomes what we saw in the first six episodes. I think episodes. you need that pause, though, kind of, because it was so intense for so long. You need that. Like, how is this going to wrap? John? The, the episode before this one, okay, arguably one of the ten best episodes of television you will ever see. History. Ever. I agree. I, and I the mean, one before it, too, by the way. Oh, the way Hank goes out. I mean, the way – it's just such, again, great writing and acting. I know I'm, I'm probably gushing too much, but – No, okay. you're not. Yeah. I agree. But, but here's when I knew that – I'm in good hands regardless of what happens the next 74 minutes of this episode. Back a few episodes where Jesse's standing and waiting for the van to come. And the van pulls up. Jesse realizes that Huel switched the, the cigarette yep. and storms back. I'm thinking, man, I wonder who the guy in the van would have been. And then I just left it at that. This episode starts, and who is the guy in the van? Robert Forster, the actor. Could you Robert. cast that any no. more perfectly no, than I Robert agree. Forster? I agree. I agree with you. Oh, and I'm just right there. I was just, I literally was like, oh, my God. They just, it's perfect. It is perfect. You're right. And, he, and he's perfect. And then Saul gets his send-off going off to Nebraska, and uh, Walt gets shipped up to New Hampshire, and the, the episode, you know, sort of goes on. And, yes, they did earn a pass, I think, at having a little bit of a breather before setting up the big finale. But... Look at what happened in this episode. You had Skylar walk into the room to find Todd in a mask. That was intense. Really yeah. intense. Didn't see that coming. I didn't yeah. see Todd blowing away um, Jesse's old girlfriend. Jesse's yeah. Andrea. And, and in front that, of Jesse. I mean, can they stop torturing this guy or what? Are they no, going to well, torture him they, all the way to the, uh, to the bitter end or allow him a measure of redemption? Um, yeah. Because he has just been, I mean, just think about what has happened to him in the episodes of Breaking Bad. I've, oh. I I was just like, oh, my God, are they real? I mean, what more can they do to him? What was worse, that Walt walking up 
as as he's walking away. And, and by the way, Jeff, I watched Jane die. I mean, you knew that gem was coming back sometime. Yeah. Well, right? uh, that all bets were off between Walter and and um, and and Jesse right there. That oh. was that. That's to me. You're right. That the the episode before was as perfect an episode as you possibly can get, and Cranston was spectacular in it. Where. Uh, where he he said I want Pinkman still, and they say you let us know where you found him. When you you let us know when you when you find him, we'll get him for you. And he just basically said found him. He had yeah. the opportunity right there and he found him. Didn't. And he got him. And and so Cranston at that moment, how he played Walter White there, sort of like dead eyed. It's it's over between us. And then later on, the phone call. Oh. The phone oh. call should wrap up next year's Emmy Award for Brian Cranston. How you sat there and you're like, wow, I cannot believe he is saying this to his wife. And then you realize he is saying this to his wife for a reason because he's crying and he needs to hold it together and sound like the bastard that he's trying to come across. But that he really is, too. Well, and that he is, too. And and that's the that is, to me, the greatness of this show is you never know how much you should feel for Walter. And when you sometimes feel for him, you feel guilty yourself. But I am rooting for a big finish that Walter White winds up on top. Yeah, do you have a theory I on how it ends? His, uh, uh, here's my guess. I want to hear John's too. Here's my guess. My guess is he comes back, because we know he goes and gets the rice out of the, out of the, uh, out of the wall right. socket. We know that. He's going to use that to go and get the Nazis. The neo Nazis get his money back. He's going to save Jesse, and he's going to somehow, some way, leave the money for his wife. And they're all going to—I I mean, what's he going to do? Happy ending. Uh, the, somebody tweeted at me that he's going to buy gray matter and <laughs> and screw over those two, you know, who were on Charlie Rose, sparking the the fire one more time in Walter White. I think he's going to die of cancer. Actually, who would have thought, by I'm, the way, that Charlie Rose would be the one holding all the ants? When I saw Charlie Rose on Twitter, because I, t- I was watching Sunday Night Football and I was flipping back between the Emmys and that and TV and Breaking Bad, and I saw Charlie Rose, so I thought he was doing something at the Emmys, and I flipped over. And then an hour and a half later, when I watched the Breaking Bad, there he is. I'm like, oh, it all makes sense. All I know is Brian Cranston on, on the, uh, I read on the uh, red carpet of the Emmys called the ending perfect. So, what's your guess, John, before I let you go? The ricin can go one of three ways, I figure. It could be Jesse, but I think Jesse would be hip to that. It could be for Lydia, who's going to factor into this somehow with Todd. Like, they wouldn't keep her around unless she's going to be a player, I think, in the, in the finale. Or it could be for the gray matter guy. I think it's for the neo-Nazis. He wants his money back. Can I make two? He wants his money back. He wants his money back, and he wants to to exact revenge on those guys for taking his money, his life's work, as he called it. He wants them. He he needs to, before he dies, take the money and give it to his family, and the tagline of the season is, remember my name. And right. that's what was that's what that whole gray matter Charlie yeah. Rose thing at the end was that they were not remembering his name properly. They were saying that that he was a non entity in this company and really as as a Heisenberg it really wasn't anything that specific. Um and so I think that's what he's he, he wants to I think the ricin is for the Nazis to get the money, he's gotta leave the money to his family and somehow, some way get his wife and son 
back on his side and save the day for them before he dies. I don't know where Jesse fits into it, but I, I agree two, with you. Lydia's, Lydia's two quick, involved. Two quick ones, because I think the, the machine guns for the Nazis. The I Rice, do, too. The I Rice think the is for the Nazis. Yeah, the ricin is either he kills himself by smoking it. This guy who's been struggling with lung cancer takes himself out by smoking a cigarette. The ultimate irony. Or no way. they've paid attention to Lydia using the Estevia every single time. And I, I never knew why. In this past episode, it clicked. And I think that the ricin could be used in her tea. I don't know. It's just a theory. Here's the other thing, okay? I think Walt is not going to die. What would be the worst way for Walt to go on? I mean, what would be the death? He would almost welcome it if he knew that the family was taken care of. So I think the show is breaking bad after all. You're not going to get a happy ending. I hope there's a confrontation between Todd and Jesse on equal terms. I hope there's a confrontation between Walt and Jesse as well. Or I wouldn't be surprised if you think it's over and Marie pops up out of nowhere with a 38 and puts one in Walt's head. <laughs> I mean, you just don't but, know. And I love that I don't know. I, I think I we can it. all. I think we can all agree that the the worst way would be is that Walt. This was all a dream while he was getting <laughs> getting chemo. That this was all in his mind. Oh, I think that that's that. But th- they're better than that. Uh, that, by the way, that would drop it out of my top three. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're reserving judgment. Hey, John, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Everybody follow John on Twitter. at. Uh, it's, uh, he, he dropped the M, right? Yeah, you it, dropped the M. I dropped the M. Uh, the guy who actually took John Hine from me, get the Twitter got rid of him and gave it to me, and I'm very appreciated. I'm just at John Hine. And one last thing, because I know you want to go, Rich, but this is – an NFL-themed podcast, I do have to say, mm-hmm. if the Steelers fire Mike Tomlin, I will not root for that team. It is they're not, not gonna. Don't his they're, fault. They're not going to. John, that'll never happen. That'll the never happen. The, the fact the that there is. coordinator, on the other hand, I'm all for you. <laughs> <laughs> Later, Haley. I think, I think you and Ben feel the same way. Exactly. I don't know. But um, I, I don't know. That it just, it's just, for some reason, not clicking. And I think they win in, uh, in the U.K., as I said. I hope so. As I, I said so. earlier. It's such a strange feeling. As a Steeler fan, you're just not used to your team being like this. John, you are the man. Thanks for coming on. And uh, I feel bad for the guy who was squatting on John Hine. I think that's what the that's what the ricin was for. I think it's for that guy who was squatting on your 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 Twitter name. But thanks for calling, and we look forward to the next chat. Thank you, Rich and Chris Law. Congratulations. I hope you get that nomination for best guest actor in a comedy for your league. Yes, he will follow thanks, up John, Bob. New- it. He will follow always- up Bob hey, Newhart. And thanks again for having me up at the studio when I was there. I really appreciated that tour. Anytime. Nice. You, any of you guys are more than welcome when you come to town. That's John Heim. You can listen to him on the uh, Stern Network on Sirius XM. Follow him on Twitter at John Hine. Love John Hine, man. Oh, he's, he's the best. He does an incredible job on the wrap-up show. The, the whole the whole Stern operation there. Do you want to let Brockman back in? Yes. Let me, uh, let me let Chris back in. Door. Okay, open the door. There we go. Brockman, you're good. Come on, bud. Come on back. Here he comes. Chris Brockman coming back into the studio. All right, you're, you could, it's, you sort of had your earmuffs on guest back one? there, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm on guest one. Yeah, I'm glad to be back in here. I appreciate you guys doing that. And like I said uh, before, I'm midway through season three. I've watched season two in like two days. <laughs> so I'm trying my best to get caught up. I know I'm not going to make it, but thanks to everybody on the Twitter Nation, too, for not spoiling you. Yeah, I know. Everyone's yeah, been really good about that. I know, like, I don't think people have been as talkative about Breaking Bad on Twitter with spoilers as they have with with uh, Game, of, Game Thrones, of Thrones. And right. I know I'm on season three right now. I'm two episodes in. 
I know there's something about a red wedding. Well, the thing is, too, though, is know. it's based on books, so there's many different ways for you to have something spoiled. That's it's more true. than just somebody no, watching a TV reading, show. Though, uh, look out. <laughs> Come on. Look out. <laughs> Come on. You know, but um, but yeah, like, you are know, you going to watch the? I know you're you're working quite a bit this weekend, prepping for game day morning. You know, the AMC is having the full full marathon. Marathon at what point? Season one to season last sixty episodes. Sta- when does it start? Yeah, right now. I think it's right now. Oh, really? You know, I noticed the Sundance Channel has been replaying some stuff too. That would require me to go through and clear some space on on, on the, the DVR. DVR. Yeah, I guess I could. I, I guess I could. Maybe I might. Uh, because I don't think the final season's on Netflix right now, so maybe I'll DVR. It, uh, I bought it. I, I bought season four because I didn't so, want to wait. Yo, so. There's a lot of people that you know didn't un- realize that they thought the final season was starting now. It really started last year. Right. Yeah, they just split it up. Right. And which they're see, about uh, to do for, for Mad, Mad Men. Men right. Because, I mean, well, pretty ex- formulas work pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately, that means next summer it returns, and then... The fall, so it's not the, su- the summer of 2015. So we have to wait two years, over essentially. Over 14 episodes. Uh, man, that's going to be tough. You know, but Mad Men's going to do that's that, gonna too. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I don't know what... I mean, Sunday nights are... A gr- well, Boardwalk Actually, Empire well, takes, is back now. Boardwalk's on right now, and Game of Thrones will be back. When does that season start? Because I want to make sure I'm caught up by the time What, Game of Thrones? Starts. Yeah. Next March. Don't worry. You've got oh, yeah, you got plenty, plenty of time. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So I'm excited to uh, get caught up, and I'm sure you guys so are m- more than excited. Good. It's so good, yeah. Well, yeah, I I don't know. Sunday's a did big you watch? Did you guys watch? Obviously, you didn't. Did you watch Conan last night? No, on, uh, or not last night. That was Monday night. Monday night. Yeah, yeah. day after the uh, Emmys. Oh, it was great. They had the entire cast out. They brought him out two at a time. So he did. He did Cranston and uh, and Aaron Paul together first. Then he brought out Vince Gilligan and a gun and um, who won uh, for Dean, best uh, yeah. best supporting and actress. Dean Norris, and then brought out the son R.J. M- Mitty or Mighty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mitty. And uh, was Badger there? Badger was not there. Badger was on Talking Bad this week. So I watched that with the wife, and I'm like, here's who everyone says they think and, I sound did, like. And what did Mrs. Lawson She's like, no way. Oh, you no. You don't sound anything oh, like that's him. That's love, man. That's the thing. Well, that, that is wouldn't, freaking Badger, I'm, I'm past a point where Badger's implying, been introduced, and it's a, it's a dead ringer. Dead. Dead ringer. Well, you're implying that's a bad voice, then. Is, if it's no. A, if she's, no one said that. No, no it's just no, a no. drug-addled voice. Yeah. It's just a... New Mexico. Yeah, loser know. with no future. <laughs> Just a loser with no future. I a dollar for every time I heard that. He wants to be he he wants to be Jesse's latex salesman. Oh boy. But you're ours, Chris. He was on Talking Bad though. Which, which is a good show. It's it's good they, yeah, it they kinda recap it and uh, go deep into it. I would have loved to have hosted that show. Oh yeah, I didn't have a chance. I didn't know they were doing it. That nerd is. I'd have thrown my my ring and my my hat in that ring. I got to the party way too late, but it's it's good to binge view. That's the yeah, toughest who's, who's thing. Who's the now. host of that? It's uh, Chris Hardwick. He hosts uh, the Nerdist podcast, which is a pretty. I've got a podcast. Successful. Is that yeah. the guy? Who, is he is he the Bachelor host? No, that's Chris. Um, Ooh, what is his name? Last Harrison. Is that Chris thing, Harrison? Good correct. thing I don't know that off the top of my Jesus. head. I feel very honored. All right, guys. Fun week. Fun, fun, fun yeah, week. No do, you have a, do you have an international shout-out? I do. You want to dance for a second? I will dance. Uh, you know, what were you doing out there? You could have done it. You could have looked at it for when we were talking Breaking Bad. Well, I, I was reading something about... I was reading, <laughs> something? I was reading something, something, something about something. I was reading something That's a total New England <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> I was reading something about something. All right, I got one. All right. Uh, Matthew Richards at MTR2609. Okay. International shout-out for... A Patriots fan in hey, England. Very good. Thanks for listening, pal. And, th- and uh, all you UK uh, listeners of this podcast, enjoy the the game this weekend. I know we didn't send any uh, teams your way with what do you call it? A win. 
Yes. Oh, right. But, um, you know, two great coaches. You get to see uh, one of the best quarterbacks that we can export um, in uh, Big Ben. You have the MVP of our league from last year coming your way. And two very likable coaches. How about That's pretty cool that Adrian Peterson is going to run on Wembley turf. That's neat stuff. And I know that the fans there are excited for the game, and we are excited for you being excited. So enjoy it. Send us uh, send us tweets. of uh, Last year it was pretty cool. A bunch of you guys yeah. sent tweets of yourselves wearing uh, Punish Our People t-shirts. Well, and at the there's, game. Again, there's new designs, multiple colors of your, of your choice. Uh, three X's for you. Uh, the bigger fellas. The bigger, folk, the bigger people folk. who are big in the community. And, my, uh, wife, my wife has the female size. Oh yes, we got a one with like sort of blue, right, red, and white sort of patriot key, scheme colors. Nice. I, I, and and to sidetrack a little on Wembley Punters Stadium, people two dot com is your uh, way to go there. Pardon me. I still think the greatest sporting event ever held at Wembley Stadium to this day, nineteen ninety two SummerSlam, the British Bulldog versus brother-in-law <laughs> Brett the Hitman Hart for the Intercontinental Title. Jesus. Let me know what you think on that at Chris Law. <laughs> And if you, <laughs> the look on Richard's face right I now. I mean, if you're going to plug yourself, man, if you want to check out my weekly You're the Man <laughs> rankings, log on to chrisbrockman.com. All right. We're done here. What have you created, Rich? <laughs> I don't know. We totally missed our three-year birthday, by the way. We were too busy patting ourselves on the back for 10, 10 million downloads. September 15th, yeah. 2010 is when we launched with Ray Lewis and Dan Patrick. DP. Who? Well, can we? No. What? Can I go there? What? The photo that was on... No. No, I mean, what's to talk about? Oh, okay. There's nothing to talk about. There's something to talk about. No, there's there might be an idea. An idea. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you, Chris Law. No problem, Rich. At Chris Law, at Chris Brockman. You're the best. I'm, I'm at Rich Eisen for At The Eisen Podcast. Hello, me, Cookie Monster. Yeah, me always listen to the Rich Eisen Podcast. It's me favorite podcast. Yeah, me listen on NFL.com. Oh, and it's also on iTunes, just in case you not know that. Oh, me going to go listen right now. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, dear friends.